it's kind of the same in business. If your business is failing, you can either determine that success is not for you or you can find the door to, to the success. And so when you're with relationships, that's the kind of, it's, it's a come to Jesus moment. It's an, it's a humble moment where you're like, the way I've been doing it isn't working. So I've got to stop blaming the other sex. I've got to stop blaming relationships. And I really have to step back, be logical about this and say what really works. Welcome to Your Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to providing you with the game changers and experts to tackle the next chapter of your life. Whether you want to start a business, switch your career, or just get inspired, I provide you the guests to give you tactics, strategies, and mindsets to build the life you want and crush your next chapter. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Today, my guest is Jordana Tocicelli from New York City. She's a relationship coach, and she is amazing. Her business is booming and thriving. She helps demystify men and women. I brought her onto the show because I wanted to help her break down the masculine and feminine energies. My intention for this podcast with you guys was to help you in your relationship, in your dating life, by understanding how the masculine and feminine energies work together because they are interconnected, and unless we can flow between one and the other, we're going to have limited success in our dating lives. So in the podcast, I get her to break down the masculine and feminine. We talk about how women are stepping more into their masculine and how that's impacting them tapping into their feminine nature and how it's actually making it harder for them to find a man who's in his masculine. And we talk about men stepping into their masculine as well. This was a great episode. I had so much fun recording it. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. And here's Jordana. With me on the line, I have Jordana. Jordana, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to be here, Philip. Super excited. You just moved to New York City. How is that going? I just moved to New York and, you know, it's phenomenal. I was super excited for the first five days and then I was like, wow, this is super exciting. But at the same time, it's intense. (laughs) New York is intense. Jordana said she has four sirens a day, so if we get sirens at any point in the podcast, we do apologize, but hopefully it won't happen over the next hour when we're recording. We're bringing people into my experience, right? (laughs) Exactly. Intimate and personal. Exactly. That's awesome. Nice. Let's dive into it. I always like leading off my podcast by asking if your life was a book title, what would be the title of your book? How to Understand and Heal the Human Heart. Whoa. We just went there really fast and hard. How to... Understand and heal the heart. Say that again one more time. How to, gotta... how to understand and heal the human heart. How to understand and heal the human heart. Amazing. So how do we heal the human heart? Let's let's go there. How, oh my how, gosh. If this is your book title, like tell me about it. Well, first first of all, you need to understand. You need to you need to move from judgment and assumption to understanding. So uh, anytime you apply understanding to any area in your life. You're usually liberated from from moralizing it. Oh, I'm good. I'm a good person or I'm a bad person. You know, the black and white thing. And you, you kind of understand that typically the way we act is a symptom for some unmet need, some desire, something, some uh, misunderstanding about who we are, some trauma that happened a long time ago. And so if you, if you kind of apply that understanding to yourself, um, you go back to a natural state of goodness, wholeness, as you're, you're relating to yourself uh, in a way that actually meets your needs. I'm curious to know, so like, how did you get into this? Like, how did, do you have like an intuitive ability to heal the human heart? Like, how does one kind of get into this path that you are now in? Um, I was in this path at six years old. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I remember being six and seven and just knowing things about, people and knowing that what they were saying wasn't what their heart was feeling and feeling knowing how to intuitively grasp that gap and and knowing that uh you know and so it's a very sensory thing for me it's a very uh and so it's first sensory and then I try to put it into words and explain it um yeah would you say then that you help people make a connection between the mind and the heart then if there's that disconnect? It sounds like you're saying that people speak from their mind or from their heart, right? And so you're almost bridging those worlds together to kind of figure out 
what it is they truly want. Yeah, I think it's funny because I don't even see it as mind and heart only. I see it as persona, ego, body, mind, heart. All these, all these areas of in our lives are speaking, mm-hmm. and uh, and generally um, we're so used to having to manipulate to get our needs, meaning change what we're really feeling and thinking, customize it into into a voice that will get us what we need. But then there's a disconnect from all parts of ourselves, and so all parts of ourselves are kind of like ruling themselves instead of being connected to our center. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense to me. Yeah. And so when you kind of stop and you look at all the parts of yourself, um, you know, your ecosystem, the ecosystem of your being, then you can um, actually be in the driver's seat in an inclusive driver's seat. Right. So this, this, I'm I'm just going to drop it right here, but you know, all this talk about transcending your ego. I'm just not a fan of at all. I don't actually, I think that's actually a, a, a way to disconnect further from yourself. Are you saying that we should embrace our ego and really take it on? Or what is, you know, what is your stance on it? Well, well what is the ego? That's what, it all starts with that, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, it's, um, it's a part of yourself that has pros and cons in the world. And it's always going to be with you. And if you take that point of view versus vilifying it, uh, you know, how does it feel to always be trying to transcend your ego? Well, it's meeting, it's meeting needs for significance. If I transcend this part of myself, I feel significant. I feel more powerful, but truly it's still a, a part of myself. So you see it within the human body. I did health coaching for a long time. I overcame my own illness, uh, you know, severe fibromyalgia and, and you see it with, uh, you know, diseases that, um, if you're really, really focused on a disease and, you can actually and not understand the immune system and the entire ecology that led to it, then it just ends up being where you suppress that disease or kind of sort of heal it, but then it transmorphs into something else and then you start having ailments in different parts of your body. So I think if, if you try and suppress the ego, it's just going to come out in one way or another, in another way. To go back and answer your question, like, what is ego? Brian Holiday in his book, Ego is Your Enemy, talks about ego being what fluctuates, right? Ego can be the thing that you're super confident one day where it's like you feel you can get any man or woman when you're at the bar. And the next time like you're on a date with somebody you care about, you have zero confidence in yourself. That's ego. Ego is the thing that fluctuates back and forth. To him, what is not ego is what is strong and solid, what stays sturdy at the core of you and what is your like fundamental deep down belief of who you are. Okay, so and I feel that's a good way of explaining ego because ego is one of those things where it it's the thing that gives you massive confidence, but it can also be the thing that destroys all your confidence all in one fail. But, but anything is like that. Wine is like that. Driving a car is like that. You know what I mean? Anything can be something or not depending on who's driving it. So I think if we think of ego is that, no, no, ego is a part of me that has a voice and is speaking and that voice behind it has needs. And if I meet that with compassion and I understand it as a part, I relate to it as a human, not as a thing to control or manage, then that to me is much more integrative and much more healing. Well, people look at ego as a negative thing though, right? That's ego what is I mean. typically given that condescending. And so it's typically known as the part of us that takes us places where we shouldn't go, like maybe not your darkness, I don't mean darkness, but it's kind of like this bad side of you where it's like, and so I guess you're saying embrace it, right? As opposed to understand it, understand understand it. it. Yeah. Understand that it's, it's you, a holographic representation of you that an environment has created and it was created for a purpose. I mean, ego gets people by when they don't know anything. There's our siren. There it is. Woo. (laughs) Fantastic. And so, uh, so yes, yeah, so if, if, um, that's an intense siren, like that's just like on another level, man. <laughs> Cause we're going deep. The yeah, world heard it. The universe deep. is like, Hey, you want a siren? We'll give you a this siren. This is the we'll world, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I typically, when I work with clients and we come to that place where they make peace with their ego and they understand it, there's an intense level of relief that happens within them. And, and a lot of this self disconnection disappears and and the ego, in a sense, comes to find the peace that it's looking for. Yeah. 
so embrace the ego. You're saying love it, like be wholehearted with it, like listen to it, understand it, and really embrace it as opposed to yeah. you know, it. yeah, as opposed to seeing oh the ego is something outside or something in me I have to control and manage and ignore and not listen to. How does that feel in the body? That feels strenuous, you know. When you see it, oh no, like well obviously my ego wants significance because that's one of the human needs. And how is it trying to get it? Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Well, maybe there's a better way. I'm on my headspace journey right now, which is a meditation app. I'm on day 18 and I've been doing it for 18 days in a row. And today they actually talked about, you know, if there's a feeling or a thought, it's like, don't stick with it. Like just, you know, just say I'm done with you. Like fuck off almost to this thought basically. Right. As opposed to, cause we get so hung up on these feelings and these thoughts and it sounds like the same thing with like ego. It's like, don't get stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Listen to it. Be aware with it. Exactly. Embrace it. Dance with it almost. But once you kind of understand it, then just keep flowing, right? Because I think we get hung up on things way too often and yeah. we get hung up stuck. That's when we physically get stuck in the world. We get stuck inside ourselves, whether emotionally or mentally. Yeah. And then we get stuck in the real world and we don't move forward when we need to because we're exactly. so hung up on something internal. Exactly. Exactly. Loving it. Yeah. Woo. We got right into it. Yeah. And I'm a relationship coach, so. <laughs> that was going to be my question. So for people who don't know who you are, like you're at a cocktail party. I am what cool. Do you do? That's all you're you need cool. to know. I'm cool. No. You're cool. <laughs> shit. You're walking around. You got your martini. You're sipping on it. You got an olive in your mouth. Oh, my gosh. No. What do you, what do you tell people? Um, I tell people that I do. De- so for I tell women I demystify men for women. And I tell men I demystify women for men. And typically my demographic of people that I work with is men who are interested, you know, in women, relationships with women and women interested in relationships with men. Although you can have relationship a thousand different ways and the basic primal stuff, you can still adapt to whatever relationship you're in. Yeah. When you say demystify men and women, elaborate, how you, how do you demystify? Oh man, just like under, again, I love that word understanding. Because when, when you don't understand something, you project onto it. So, you know, uh, taking a, uh, going a little bit back into the ego, if you don't understand it, you project onto it this enemy, this thing, this thing, right? But when you understand it, it's, you don't have hangups about it. You just see its place and you learn how to manage it and you move forward, you know? And so I think in terms of relationships with men and women, so often as women, we're being fed what a non-intentional projection of men. So we're hearing what TV shows tell us or Cosmopolitan tells us, what the internet tells us. And that's feeding our projection of what we think of men and how to be in relationship with our, the way that our parents had relationships is profoundly feeding into how we relate to men. And so it's a form of objectification because we're making the opposite sex into an object, right? Oh, oh, and it's, it's a human being basically. And so it's a human being that's, you know, I, I like to say that, you know, if you go into an ice cream shop a few decades ago, you might have found chocolate, vanilla, root beer. I always say root beer because it's so American. <laughs> root beer and caramel, you know. And um, nowadays you go into an ice cream shop and you can find pistachio, bacon and chocolate. Bacon and chocolate is a popular one, apparently. And, you know, bubble gum. And, but but it's still. And gelato. And gelato. And frozen yogurt. <laughs> and an actual up. old school ice cream. <laughs> But it's still ice cream, meaning it'll still melt at a certain temperature. It'll still freeze at a certain temperature. It still needs basic ingredients. So um, that's kind of what I teach, the more primal stuff, because you're, you're going to find unique flavors. But if you don't understand primal stuff of relating basic foundational things about how to relate and create a relationship, then the odds are you're going to do what most people are, is just barrel through them, wake up one day and say, holy shit, that hurt. You know? So, yeah. I really want to do a deep dive into relationships with you today. And I think these are the foundations. And so I want to start off by doing some foundations. And there's actually a quote I found that I want to kind of use to segue whole conversation after this, where it happens and goes. I don't know. Let's do it. Well, I have some questions, but we'll we'll see where it goes. So here, this is from a Facebook thing you wrote. You have it pinned to the top of your page. Uh, A feminine woman absolutely needs strong masculine energy to be fully expressed. And I'll read it one more time. A feminine woman absolutely needs strong masculine energy to be fully expressed. Yeah. I want to start. Can you give for people that don't really understand masculine feminine energies, talk about them really quickly. What is your definition of feminine? 
What is your definition of masculine? And then we'll work away. Sure. So masculine energy is everything that's structured. So if you think of a home, it's more of the house. It's the structure of the house. It's everything that's built into a house. And feminine energy is the home, everything that indwells the home, the laughter, the companionship, the being in sweats and, you know, having a conversation. That's the feminine. And so in a very high level view, um, you know, you need structure and you need indwelling presence. Right. And so um, each person has both both energies. Um, but when I have found in relationships that polarity uh, breeds attraction, OK, connection comes from relatedness. We're the same. We're two human beings. We're two hearts. We're best friends, you know, and that polarity is you're a man and I'm a woman. And there are differences in that. And there are compliments to that. And, um, you know, as women, we've been pushed into the workforce um, and liberate ourselves. I mean, I'm definitely a beneficiary of women who pushed forward. Thank God. You know, but but we are becoming very masculine. I mean, I see it here in New York, you know, from the way a woman walks, uh, super masculine, super directed, super focused and firmed in the mind. So masculine would be kind of like in the mind, in the focus, in the agenda, in the vision. Uh, right. feminine is in the moment, complete beingness, vulnerability, right? Cause when you're in the moment, you're not like guarded looking around for threats. You're just kind of in the moment, fully spontaneous, fully alive, expressing yourself. There's no agenda. You know, like if you think about it, you know, we're in business, how often what we do in business has a specific agenda to, to you know, to serve obviously, but to sell, to close a deal. And if you're always in that space, it becomes soulless very quickly. And then you have other spaces in your life where there's no agenda. There's just connection. So that's feminine and the other is masculine. And so a feminine energy to fully express itself needs a structural safety. So it needs to know that it's safe. It needs to know that our, there are no threats that are going to take it out when it becomes vulnerable and feeling and, and being there. And so for a woman, she can be as masculine as she wants to be. But when she's with a man, you know, as a lot of these women tell me, man, you know, provider, protector, uh, strong, steady, measured, you know, I love those words, strong, steady, measured, um, non-reactive. That means, you know, you keep your cool when the shit hits the fan and then you, you know, you provide safety. Then she, I mean, I see it. You see it in women. They get giggly. They get ecstatic. They, uh, their entire body relaxes. Their energy moves from their head and their shoulders to their womb and they start walking, swaying their hips, kind of like Brazilian women on the street. You know, their their shoulders kind of lean back instead of, you know, their arms being super mechanical. Um, and this is something that a woman experiences profoundly when she's in the presence of a man. And this, for men who are more in their masculine, is extremely delighting and connecting. And so this can happen in a relationship. Then a woman can go and do whatever she wants outside of it. You know, I run a you know business that makes, you know, over five figures a month and has done extremely well. And I run it from my masculine and my feminine. But when I'm with my partner, there are times when I'm masculine and he loves it. You know, I'm kind of joking around and stuff, but I don't compete with him. I don't have power struggle. Like when he leads in the areas that he leads as a man, I defer to him. Of course, he's earned that trust and respect for me because he leads exceptionally well. But, um, but that to me is absolutely, it's ecstasy. I mean, I'm getting, man, I'm getting, I've never been this real on a podcast before. <laughs> it's what I love to do. I love to take people to real that's places. All, that's all you, Philip. That's on you. You're awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's a great explanation. The whole time you're talking, I have a friend, um, and I told her I was going to mention this probably on the podcast that we spoke yesterday. She called me up. She's been dating this guy for a while and, you know, she, they're in love, but they've broken up before. And the thing that always gets to them is for her, trust and honesty is one of her the top two virtues, I would say, really important for her. He keeps having these exes in his life that he's hooked up with, and she's asked him to stop texting them, stop interacting, and they still come back into his life. And every time they do, he's like, well, you can't ask me to cut them out. And then he makes her feel like bad shit crazy that she's the crazy one for requesting this. Yeah, but so it's she's really- requesting it through a masculine energy. She's telling him what to do. That, that's not a feminine way to approach him. So that's a, that's in masculine competition to him. So he won't want to do it. If we're talking at a primal level, yeah. So I would flip it immediately and ask her, how would you feel if your boyfriend demanded that you stop talking to your exes? You know, it's she might be cool with it. She might not, but she's a woman, right? 
And so immediately what would come to mind is I, if I were speaking to him, I'd want a really honest conversation and say, what's going on? You know, like, uh, with, with no, again, understanding, no judgment, no, you should not. If you go into something and you say you should not, uh, the other person immediately closes down, you know, but if you come in and, and say, Hey, this is what I need. And you give the person the freedom to give it to you or not. And if they don't give it to you, you then make decisions. Right. And I think I might have phrased it wrong because I think she, I've told him like, go in there with like, this is what you, she need, like, this is her boundary. Right. And so basically whenever they go to have the conversations though, is she always says like, he's not willing to talk about it. Right. So it's really hard. And I'm like, I think the choice lies with you. It's like, you have a choice to move forward. Like he's not respecting your boundaries and what you want. And if you're not willing to choose to move on, it's like, you're not respecting your own boundaries and moving forward in your life is what it comes down to. Yeah, I would. But I mean, here's again, where we go from projection, he's, evil, he's hurting me, he's not respecting my boundaries, to what's really going on? You know what I mean? What's really going on? Like, if she, I, if, if, I mean, obviously, this is very superficial. I mean, I would obviously need to have a conversation with her for over an hour. And for the first thing is, I would say, girlfriend, I get you. I would be, I would be reactive like crazy. I'd have to really breathe through that one, you know, because well, we all have that jealous uh, nature, especially when we really love someone. And yes, we all need those boundaries. Again, if he were more in his masculine with her, he would provide safety. So she's going to be reactive because she doesn't feel safe. Okay. So if I was to be speaking to him, I would say she needs this from you to be fully expressed in a feminine with you, you know, but, but, you know, we don't function like that in black and white. And the reasons that we do things are layered, you know? So if I were to counsel them to, it'd be so easy as a dating course to be like, girl, move on, drop his ass. I mean, that, that's cheap dating and relationship advice, okay? If you're a relationship coach. You know, if you're a friend, I'd probably say that. You know, but um, but what I would say is, you know, what's going on with him? Sit with him and have a real talk, like open talk. And say, how do you feel about this? Like, like can you just share with me? Like, what? Not coming at it as you're wrong to do this. Well, what's going on? I just want to know. And Invite conversation. Yeah, invite conversation, invite dialogue, and and then you know create the space of abundance within you. That if his response is not good enough for you, you need to move on. You know, but you're not going to change him by accusing him of being wrong, accusing him of being bad, accusing him. You know, because we don't know what's going on. I want to kind of backtrack a little bit. You said a little bit ago how a lot of women are now in their mask and like you see it the way they're walking down New York city yeah. and the streets and their shoulders. Why are women stepping more into their mask and what's happening in 26 that is causing this? Well, number one, um, we are being told that to be a woman is to be masculine. This is what we're being taught. We're being taught that true and a truly empowered woman is a masculine thing. So you hear it, you hear it all the time. Like, Oh, you got to be empowered. You don't have to need men. You know, there's all this stuff that we're being told. It's almost like invulnerable. That's, um, you know, and it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it really puts women into their masculine energy. Now, again, that's not a right or wrong thing. You know, you can be whatever you want. At the end of the day, you just need to ask yourself, is this going to give me what I want? And if what you want is to be in relationship long term where there's attraction, passion, and connection with a man that you want to attract and you want to feel like, oh, he's a man, you know, because a lot of women will tell me he doesn't do, you know, he doesn't show up. He doesn't have a drive. He's so nice and sweet, but they're missing that masculinity. So if you want that masculinity in your partner, you're going to kind of have to learn how to be in relationship with that. And that's not something any of us are being taught. And you're asking me what has changed. Well, everything has changed. Roles are changing. And that's an awesome thing because, you know, it, it's cre it's really opened the door to people finding out what works for them. So you have the LGBT community and you have, you know, different forms of relationships. And at the end, thank God, that's what we want. But but at the same time, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater in the name of being progressive, which is what women are doing. We want to be equal with men, but we're taking out differences. So being different from someone does nothing but enrich your life. I mean, if I have a company and everybody's a CEO and I, there's no admin and there's no marketing and there's no anything, there's going to be a bunch of arguing CEOs and the company's not going to move forward. So if you understand that 
uh, you know, a large demographic are men, of, of, a large demographic of men are wired specifically in a certain way, you're not going to fight against it. You're not going to fall for the propaganda in the cultural narrative. You're going to say what really works, you know, because this is what I want and I want to make it work. And it's not demeaning. It's actually extremely empowering. Well, and I agree with that. I, I find that, you know, feminism is a great thing, right? It's brought equality and it's still not like pays equally. There's still a lot of things yeah. that need to happen. Yeah. But at the same time, as women have stepped into the workforce, I feel a lot of them are like, well, I need to play by man's rules, right? And they've really become like super masculine in the workplace because they want to get to CEO or on the board or equal pay. And like, they feel like they have to play by those rules. And maybe that's the truth that they do have to play by those yeah. rules. And I'd love to see a world where, where it's like men and women could play by their own rules and still have success. But I feel that's a big part of it. And correct me if you feel like I'm wrong, but I think that I as women have kind of moved into those roles, they've had to embrace their mask and, but they don't know how to step out of that when they get home, right? And really come back into their feminine energy. And so I see that a lot when I'm walking around, even on dates, I'm just like, you know, they don't sit in like, like we're in dates and their feminine energy is just not like present sometimes. And yeah. it's interesting to observe that because I think it's, it's very social and where we're being pushed yeah. and there's a lack of awareness of what's going on right now. Exactly. You, well, you stated it beautifully. I, I don't know that I'd add much more to that. You said it perfectly, but yeah. So the idea here is it's not telling women another reason why they're not good enough. It's telling women, Hey, you have this unbelievable healing power that makes you magnetic, that makes you irresistible in every sphere of your life and will make you so fulfilled in a relationship with a man. It will give you the adoration and commitment that you're longing for. And if you haven't gotten that adoration and commitment, well, number one, establish if you want it or not, you know, but if you do want it and you haven't gotten it, then um, it's time to, you know, I always say the women that get what they want, and this is across the board, men and women, are the people that when they hit a wall, they don't say, oh, that must mean that the true relationship happiness doesn't exist, which is what we're getting, right? Like men don't like to commit, monogamy is dead, um, you know, all this bullshit, which is truly bullshit, right. you know? Um, and so you hit a wall and you think, oh, well, then these things that are being said about relationships are true, and yet every day I'm longing so deeply for that intimate relationship, which is unbelievable and mind-blowing. Those are people who aren't going to get it, right? It's kind of the same in business. If your business is failing, you can either determine that success is not for you or you can find the door to, to the success. And so when you're with relationships, that's the kind of, it's, it's a come to Jesus moment. It's a, it's a humble moment where you're like, the way I've been doing it isn't working. So I've got to stop blaming the other sex. I've got to stop blaming relationships. And I really have to step back, be logical about this and say what really works. Yeah. I went on a date with a woman, probably early fifties this week. And it's amazing. Cause I've only awesome. seen her in a feminine. She showed up in like a dress and like beautiful, but she's a very corporate woman, very professional. I've never seen this side of her, but she talks about it, right? Cause she just came back from a show on business trip. She was literally on a plane like less than two hours before we were on a date. And so it's so beautiful for me to see. And she can talk about how she's like business here and then steps into her feminine here. Yeah. Right. And it's amazing. Like that I find so sexually arousing when a woman can go between the two I states know, and right? know that. Yeah. But for women that don't know how to do like, how do you teach your client, your female clients, how to reconnect with their feminine? Like, how do you, what does that process look like for them? Okay. I will, I will get right into it. I just want to share a, a quick story that one of my clients uh, shared with me. Uh, she's just awesome. She's beautiful. She's in Miami. And you know, when your clients start to get it, you know, and then their uh, kind of eyes are opened up and they realize, oh man, now I see it everywhere. Now I see how I used to act, that sort of thing. And so she's it's a reticular, uh, reticular activation system. When it's like, you start observing things in yourself. It's like when you want the red car, the Honda Civic and like, oh, no one has that car, but then you go test drive it and everybody sees yeah, it. Yeah. Right? Now you so see it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish that worked with taxis because I have bad <laughs> luck with, with taxis here in New York. But anyway, I'm like flailing on the street and being passed by. Um, anyway, um, so Uber baby, Uber, <laughs> Uber baby. Yeah. So anyway, she, um, she told me that she ended up meeting this woman who's highly successful in Miami. I mean, we're talking, you know, she closes a hundred million dollar deals because she's in, she's a realtor in Miami. And then she was invited to dinner over their house and she really, she had a very, she's married and they, the husband was just doting over her. And the husband is a very masculine guy super good looking, like, you know, all the things that women typically tell me, Oh my God, you know, all these things they want in men. And she just observed her. And she said, Gio, I came to realize, cause this woman wasn't perfect. She wasn't perfect looking, but she had this essence to her where she was, her heart was completely open. 
you know, and we're always told to have an open mind. We're not taught how to have an open heart. And not only that, and then when I sat this woman down after lunch, uh, dinner and I was like, tell me your secrets. Like, how have you had a long-term marriage where this guy's still doting all over you like this? It was very palpable. Um, she said, well, I let him lead. You know, I defer to his leadership. I asked for his advice. I let him be the man. You know, what our grandmothers told us. <laughs> right. <laughs> which now, which for me for years was like, what are you talking about? Like, please. You know, like I was so offended by that for so many years. But you know, uh, leadership is service, right? And people have individual ways of serving. So yeah, that, that was just cute. So what would I say to women? Um, first step, first step, heal your heart. Until you do the inner journey of truly healing your heart and finding the core of who you are, you're going to be operating out of layers and layers and layers of reactivity. You're going to be projecting rejection. So an example, um, one of my clients is married and she was like, she, you know, very disconnected in her three-year marriage. And she said to me, Gio, I, it, I just keep having these flashbacks of when he was asking me for space. And I kept taking it personally like he didn't want me. You know, he needed his space. He had different needs as a man. And every time he said, I need space, I would think I'm being rejected. Right. You know, and so it, because obviously relationships are going to bring up your entire rejection system to be examined, you know, and to be healed. That would be ideal. Um, because we're so vulnerable when we love that much, you know? And so, um, so yeah, so number one is, is you have to, I mean, that's the first step, a healed heart that knows it's natural, uh, homeostasis place of having relationships that are good. Um, number two, I would say, understand, understand men, like start understanding them, the things that are never going to change. So you don't try and make them into women and you're not competing with them. You know, understand, oh, this is what makes a man fall in love. Oh, these are his needs. You know, this is what's going on with him on a prime level. Okay, oh, my God, it's not personal. <laughs> and then you know how to deliver at a high level. You know, it's kind of the same business rules. Understand your market, right? Yeah. You know, you could create the best product in the world, but no one may want it. You know, and so if you understand what men want, guess what? You can deliver on it. Simple, right? And the third step is, you know, have... Create an environment that does nurture your femininity. You know, have girlfriends that that, that cultivate this. Um, I would say do exercises that, you know, if you really like, like, hardcore exercise, also do exercises in the body that are more feminine, like Pilates and yoga. You know, dance. Those things are going to get you into your hips, into your sensuality. They're going to get you into that softness that is actually going to have a physiological benefit because... We aren't meant as women biologically to carry so much masculine energy. It really messes with our hormones. It puts us in a high uh, stress state, right? Um, right. And, and, you know, get massages, treat yourself, self-care. So it's kind of that process of self-healing, self-acceptance, being in your truth, understanding. Understanding is love. Every time we apply understanding to men or to us, it's love. It's healing. Right. And that's how you're going to start getting what's already in your core. You don't become feminine. You are feminine. It's just numbed out. And so, and once you experience yourself there, you're going to see that so many of the things that you wanted, so much of the love, adoration, connection that you wanted was right there. And it's coming towards you and you experience being irresistible literally. So, yeah. And I feel from personal experience. Yeah. Like when women, like I took, lead pretty hard now but like in the past i didn't so like when you emasculate a man like i think that's one of the worst things like when my masculine it feels like it's not enough for you like that's really when you question like yourself as a man and so like i know it goes on both ends where it's like i have to create that space and lead but at the same time it's like try to be a little bit softer for men and kind of create that space is what i'm finding too because it's just like yeah. it's a two-way street right and it's like when Absolutely. you don't do that it's that's when relationships fail like my sister's going through a divorce and it's like because she emasculated her husband like she Works in venture capital. He works in finance, but she makes way more than like double than he does. And so like never gave him time, became the man in the house and totally like he left in my opinion, because it just, he didn't have that feminine presence anymore. And so like, it's so, you know, it's sad because I have two, uh, a niece and a nephew now, but it's like, it's what they're going through. But it's that lack of understanding of the masculine and feminine yeah. that really I feel tarnished their relation. And he didn't lead out. Like, there's, you can always blame both sides, but it's like, 
you really have to understand where you stand because that's your self-awareness going to help you understand where you need to, what you need to address to move forward. A hundred percent. It's like the same, you know, you know, again, I take it back to business. If you're, if you're the CEO of your business, but you're a bad CEO, you could have a good marketing team or a bad marketing team, but it's not going to go anywhere, you know? And so, um, going back to your friend who was asking for advice, she's actually only seeing it from her side. And let me tell you, that's what happens when you don't have support. Because when you're in a relationship and there are other females around, I mean, not going batshit crazy, is, I mean, you'd have to be a Zen monk. But that's the point of where you have like support in, in friends who are going to help or validate your pain while leading you into a feminine softness. So the feminine softness there would be create a conversation, not start telling orders and what you have to do and ultimatums because that's not going to last in a long-term relationship and that's emasculating to a man. So you can state your needs from a feminine and have a man so literally like head over heels for you for a long time. A little bit ago you talked about uh, what women, well, you mentioned it and I want to dive into it deeper, what women want or they think they want versus what they actually want. What is yeah. that discrepancy? Like what women tell you, like, I want a good looking guy, mass, like, but what do they actually want? Like kind of paint a picture of that discrepancy. Oh, masculine energy. They want masculine energy and they want to be met as a woman. So this is where like when in my work with men, I help them understand what a woman needs at a primal level from him. Uh, to feel really nurtured as a woman. So, I mean, I have so many examples of women who will not date a guy who's physically more attractive. They'll date a guy who's a lot less uh, maybe physically attractive, but he's in his masculine and that's the gravitational pull they'll feel. So, um, yeah, they, they want that. They want to feel like women and they want a man that's a leader. They want a man that's steady and measured, not a chauvinist, you know, and a guy and for, for men listening, if they want to be more in their masculine and work on that part of themselves, you know, we, I asked about the feminine. What does it look like for men to step into their masculine? What is that? What do they have to do more of? Well, they have to tear their shirt out, you know, and like wear a leotard underneath that says Superman. <laughs> okay. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, it's not about being in the masculine. You're already masculine. It's about addressing the layers that are blocking you from really connecting to that part of yourself. And as soon as we say masculine, I always ask the men, when I say masculine, what images come to your mind? And they'll say anything from pro wrestlers to action figures. I'm like, that's externalizing masculinity. You're projecting it, right? It's, right. it's within you. Masculinity is how you serve the world, how you rise above, how you um, decide who you are in your core. You know, that's it. And so do do inner work again. Same steps do inner work because, you know, a, a lot of men have issues with their mother, just like a lot of women have issues with the daddy issues. <laughs> so, you know, if you got mom issues and she emasculated you, which is super common. One way women emasculate their male children is by doing everything for them, because then the son learns that the woman is the giver and the initiator. And that he must not give to the woman. And so that's a way that women who are not happy and are feeling codependent and haven't done their work emasculate their sons. And so the son will have the image of the mom that gives to him and he doesn't develop an identity as a man, you know, from, from childhood. And so, um, if, if you, you know, yeah, so you have to kind of analyze your, your inner, inner stuff and you have to come from, to it from a place of enoughness. I am everything. I am to be an embodied man. So what's blocking that? What's going on? You know, like, what don't I understand about myself? What do I need to take off? What do I... And then again, you know, get into practices that, that put you in your body, that make you face your fear, that discipline your body. You know, again, for men, I'd say martial arts or sports or get physical, you know, um, gotta get physical. <laughs> physical. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Well, Tim Ferriss says one of the best ways to increase your confidence, man, is become stronger, right? And that is yeah. very superficial, but it's just like even, you know, the idea if you think you're weak as a man physically, it's like it's still that archetype of a man that's strong and can like, you know, carry things, help somebody move in, right? Things like that. So I think, yep. yeah, and I would say go fail a little bit, like try projects, fail, like really understand what is your purpose when a man goes and pursues his like vision of life and whether you succeed at that or not doesn't really matter because 
you can go and see a band that has 10, you know, people watching, but there's always a girl from the front adoring the lead singer, right? It's just like, have a vision, have a purpose. And when you have that vision, it's like, that becomes a lot more attractive to women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, um, here, it's so important to to distinguish that uh, masculinity is not asking for something. It's serving. Okay? So if a man is trying to be masculine so he gets laid, he's already out of his masculinity. You know? But if a man is in service, focused, his strength is for something, right? Is to help someone. And his focus is on that service. The masculinity will rise up. And, and, you know, if Tim Ferriss says, you know, get stronger, I agree because we are body, mind, spirit, soul. So any of those areas that you strengthen, uh, supports you. I mean, I tell women all the time, like, what are you eating? You know, because if uh, I, I know myself that if I'm not taking good care of myself, uh, my vibrancy and my relaxation kind of goes out the window, I become more irritable or sad for no reason. So it's all of that. When you say be in service, like what give examples of like how men can be in service. I'm sure there's a wide range of context and I'm curious to know a bit more about that. Yeah. Be in service of themselves first, their self-love. So take care of yourself. Yeah. Yep. What do you want for your life? What are your desires? What do you want to have? Get to know yourself. You're supremely valuable, you know, uh, and be in service of your family and loved ones that need you to be a leader, a protector that need you to cast a shadow for them that protects them. Be in service of your community. You know, so wherever you find yourself, also like men go through very specific uh, seasons in their life. So, um, you know, get to know the kind of the stages of development that you're in, because if you're in one stage, you're in a different place. If you're in a kind of older stage, you're in a different place. But yeah, this is. Um, you mean like when you're 30, like you'd be have different priorities versus when you're 70, right? When you're yeah. 30, you'd be more. I'm going to think of this in terms of finance where you'd be um creating wealth for yourself and like it's gonna be very different how you show up when you're 70 and you might have wealth to give back and you can kind of be more of a mentor like now I feel a lot of my friends are a figuring themselves out like trying to figure out what they want to do with their life and where their path and purpose is um too you know like starting families and learning how to be a father early on and providing right so it's I think it you know most of the people listening are millennials, but it depends what life stage you're at. It's very different when you're 40 and 50, I think what you're saying. Totally. And you can start giving back and you're set up and established. Your kids are 10, you have a house, you've been in your career for 15, 20 years, and yeah. then you can become more of a mentor as well, right? If you're looking to do that. Totally. Like um, a lot of, I have this year long VA program, VIP program that I don't market, but I just created it because men started kind of asking me, it's only for men. And it's, it's always men in their early to mid 40s. Uh, looking for legacy. And so they're at that place where like, okay, whoa, I'm a post-divorce. That didn't go too well. You know what I mean? And my business is here and blah, 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 blah. And I want to architect my life through a total different lens now. And they're really ready for it. Yeah. One thing you said last time we talked, I'm just looking through my questions here. You said, talked about women's primal triggers. Yeah, I like it. I like it when someone takes notes every time I talk. That's awesome. (laughs) What are women's primal triggers? What are women's primal triggers? Um, physically? No. <laughs> uh, okay, so primal triggers. Um, so I also work with matchmakers. So we have some high-level clients that want to get married, and I work with some of the best matchmakers in the world. And uh, recently I had clients that hadn't been able to get a re- be in a relationship for 10 years, and they just got into a relationship. And I worked with a matchmaker, and she had a male client, and I had a female client. And, you know, he, her male client um, sent, sent my female client a text telling her that saying, this is the restaurant we're going to go to. Is this something that is appealing to you? And she said yes. And then he said, you know, I'd love to send a, a black car to pick you up and just kind of bring you. It's gonna, it, is that something that you would feel comfortable with? She said yes. Of course, she loved it. And then he's like, you know, on the ball, like um, the day of the date, he texted her in the morning, said, this is the time the car is coming. Five minutes before the car showed up, he texted her and said, it's coming at this time. She was just so relaxed. I mean, he took her to the restaurant, handled it, asked her questions, was present, attentive. And she was just like, couldn't believe it, you know. So just lead, leadership, you know, right. understand what a woman needs and lead, basically. I like it. It's very clear. Just lead, be a strong masculine leader. And yeah. if you can embrace that, it's going to get you pretty far. Yeah, yeah, Totally. Is there any patterns that you're noticing with your female or male clients that we haven't really discussed anything that you kind of feel is a trend right now 
in what you're doing? Oh my gosh, there are so many. Um, yeah, I mean, reactivity is probably a big one. Again, mm-hmm. reactivity is when you take something personal instead of trying to understand it. I think this is one of the biggest things that women fall into that break an incredible relationship very quickly. So, for example, a woman's been dating a man for two months and he doesn't call her for four days. She immediately assumes he doesn't like her, that that he doesn't want her anymore. And it could have nothing to do with that, you know. And so um, the more she kind of understands men and their rhythms and patterns and the space they need, then she doesn't personalize it. Um, So reactivity, I would say taking things personally when there's no place for it is a huge detriment to relationships. Also, scarcity, scarcity and isolating. You know, um, I have so many clients when we start, they're like, this is never going to happen, blah, blah. I'm like, if you say that again, it's 500 extra dollars. It's like, (laughs) no more. It'll make you pay for (laughs) it. Yeah. And then they start practicing abundance, meaning practicing not as an esoteric, oh, mantra, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, you know, creating abundance, like expanding their social circle, knowing where to meet high quality men opening up, like they open up, they relax, and then all of these opportunities start coming their way. And all of a sudden, you know, within a short span of time, they've got this amazing guy, and they're just kind of shrugging, like, it took me years, years. Why didn't I know this when I was 32? I'm 39 now. So scarcity. Mm -hmm. What kind of programs do you have for the people listening? Because I know we got to wrap up here in the next little bit. Um, What kind of programs do you have for people that are listening and might want to probe into that and learn a little bit more? Sure. I work with men and women to demystify women and help you. I mean, if you haven't attracted a relationship and you want to really experience yourself as irresistible and really, you know, attract that incredible man, like a top 10 man. And with men, I do the same. If you want to have that dream woman and you want to, um, you know, one of my clients, when he first came to me, he was dating a woman and just taking so much emasculation from her. He didn't even know he ended up breaking up with her because that was, was right for him. And now he's like with this Colombian goddess from Miami. And like, she's like the dream girl that he never thought he'd get, you know? And, and, and I was like, in the other girl, like not even, I mean, on so many levels. And he's like, I just didn't believe. And now he's like, seriously, like, this is like the poster girl I always dreamt I would have, you know? And I was like, see, you just got to have very strategies. Tactical, so, very yeah. masculine, just strategies and you're good. You'll find the Colombian that you've always dreamed yeah. of just walks right into your life. Just, just boom. Just like One other question. Yeah. I have a couple of friends that are in relationships and both one's a girl, one's a guy, and they find their partners when they approach some things. They don't want to talk about, you know, different things. They're like, oh, they'll kind of be like, I didn't work on this on my own kind of mindset. If someone is dating somebody and they care about them, it's like, but their partner's resistant to having challenging conversations and opening up and working through things. What would you advise in that kind of situation? Again, the, the first step that I would say is um, typically people are resistant when they feel shut down. So if you are communicating it in a way and you might not even know because so much of what's being taught as radical honesty and authenticity in communication nowadays is, is, is I, I believe, lacking. You know, so you have to know how to communicate in a way that creates openness in your partner and creates a lot of safety, creates that friendship, creates that communication. And um, I've typically found that a large percentage of partners will respond within a matter of time. And it's a very small percentage that don't. Amazing. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Where are you on social media? What's the best way to contact you? So if they can get my name from you, how it's spelled, just find me on Facebook. I post a lot of stuff there. You can also find me on, um, I don't really use my website that much, womansallure.com. And I also have a Facebook group for women called Irresistible Women. Uh, become magnetic to high quality men and you can find that on Facebook. So yeah, my Facebook personal page, just my name, the group or the website. And that's how I found Jordana is through Facebook. She does write some incredible stuff and I love reading her posts. So I do recommend jumping onto Facebook and adding her as a friend. So I'll link out her name in the podcast notes and in the show notes as well. And then you guys can do that. Jordana, thank you so much for your time. Any last words you want to wrap up here with? No, I just want to thank you, Philip. Like you literally created the best space on this podcast because instead of giving kind of more superficial answers, you allowed me to just kind of really say it, 
So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. The love and gratitude. And yeah, it was great having a guest. And I uh, will look forward to connecting in the future again. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Jordana. From my point of view, that was action-packed on how to make your relationships better. A lot of information on the masculine and feminine energies. There's one thing that I want to highlight because it's one thing to listen to a 50-minute podcast, but it's another thing to take that information, apply it some way into your life. And that's where the real value is. Like, How do you implement what you just heard? So I always love giving one takeaway or one main idea that really had an impact on me at the end. And the thing that I want to point out is when I asked Jordana about how do you be more masculine, she instantly corrected me. She said, it's not about being more masculine. It's about identifying the layers that are blocking the masculinity. And she said the same is for women and men. For women, their femininity is being blocked. For men, their masculinity is being blocked. So how can we get through that. And so she had a three-step process for both men and women. And we all love three. Well, I love three-step processes because it's logical, it's practical. And so the first is heal your heart. And that's the foundation of where we get rid of those layers. We stop carrying baggage from the past and we stop looking or we stop projecting onto the relationships we're getting into. We stop projecting on people we're talking to and we come from a place of neutrality where we're whole, we're open, and we're willing to receive what comes to us. The second is understanding. Whether you're a man or a woman, you need to understand the opposite sex is what Jordana said. And the metaphor, allegory, I never know what it is or the proper word for it, is when you start a business, you don't go into the market without doing some market research. And so the same applies for relationships. We need to understand the market. We need to understand the opposite sex. What are their likes? What are their dislikes? What turns them on? How can we be a partner and a support system to them? So like she said, with women, too often women compete with men, and that comes from a lack of understanding what their masculine energy is like. So it comes from really having a deeper understanding of the opposite sex. And the last thing that I, she said in the three-step process was going to a nurturing environment. So whether you're a man or a woman, find an environment where you can nurture your feminine energy, or if you're a man, find an environment where you can nurture your masculine energy. And for women, she gave the examples of yoga or dancing, where you can connect with your hips and your womb. And for men, she talked about doing karate or taekwondo or going to a place where you can really express your masculine energy. And when we can do those things, then we're able to come to a place where we'll be able to attract the right relationship into our life because relationships are all about sexuality. It's a dance between the masculine and the feminine. And we really need to be understanding of our energy and energy we bring into relationship to really find the right person or if, if we're in a relationship right now, to really magnify the relationship that we're in. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is my conversation with Jordana for today and my takeaways. I hope you enjoyed that. If you liked it, do let us know. Send Jordana a message on Facebook or me a message on Facebook. We'd love to hear any questions or comments that you have. If you enjoyed the podcast, I ask that you share it with one person. You can also jump onto my email list at philipsprinsky.com if you like the episode to get the latest episode sent to you or via iTunes, subscribe there. Thank you so much for being a guest today, and I look forward to having you on the show next time.